Welcome, everyone, to the FBL Juice Roundup Show! In today's show, we're going to have the three green arrows and the three red arrows of the weekend, my Game Week 5 team, an interview with a juicy manager who is an incredible 896 in the world, stats of the week, Game Week 6 fixtures, and my Game Week 6 team. So let's look at the three green arrows of the weekend. At number three, Romelu Lukaku has created as many scoring opportunities in his last four games as he did in his last 18 with Man United. So Lukaku owners expect assists as well as goals from Romelu Lukaku this year. At number two, Sadio Mane set a new Premier League record of scoring against the same team consecutively with his ninth goal against Crystal Palace. They must be sick of the sight of him. And at number one, David De Gea saved his first penalty for seven years against West Ham. Now, onto the red arrows of the weekend. At number three, Norwich's loss to Watford saw them lose 15 Premier League games in a row, either side of them winning the championship last season. At number two, Man City only had one shot on target against Southampton. That's their lowest tally since 2017 against Stoke. And at number one, Mo Salah scored again. Mo Salah took his shirt off again. Of his six bookings for Liverpool, half of them have been taken for him taking his shirt off. Seriously, Mo, do you even FPL? That's our three highs and three lows of the weekend. Now, in other news, Wolves have become the first club to launch their own record label. Yes, you've heard that right. They're teaming up with Warner Music and have put the former Rolling Stones manager on board to run it. Now, I've got an idea. Now, Nick has a great singing voice. I'm going under and this time I feel there's no one to save me. This all or nothing really got a way uh, of driving me crazy. Scottish guy, innit? I, I need somebody to hear, somebody to know, somebody to have, somebody to hold. It's easy to say, but it's never the same. I guess I kind of like the way you numbed all the pain. And now the day bleeds into nightfall. I think we should send a demo of him singing Two Wolves and see if we can get a record deal for him in a collaboration with FPL Juice. Let me know what you think on the comments on this video. Now, on to my Game Week 5 team. I didn't really have a great game week. Um, Saturday was awful. Um, I even hosted a space after the final game of the day. And all the guys that came on, there were some great guys and... Our Arsenal juicer, Ray, was co-hosting with me. They all had a great Saturday, but I didn't have a great one at all. But thankfully, with virtually the last kick of game week five, Rudiger scored a goal, which gave me a half-respectable score of 56 points. So I had Sanchez in goal for one point, Rudiger a life-saving 14, Semedo 1, Williams 0, Allen, who came in for Trent 2, Jota, I mean... How did he miss that chance? He got me a, a disappointing three. Greenwood, two. 
Traore to Salah, a safe 24 as my captain. Bamford got me an assist. He got me five points, but it could have been more if he had taken this chance. And Lukaku got me two. Now, it could have been worse. Um, I've got a few things to look at, especially my Wolves assets, which I will talk about later when we look at my game week six team. Now, on to an interview with Josh, a.k.a. FPL Vibrant, who is not only just top of the Juicers League, he is an amazing 896 in the world. I caught with him to ask him about his season and what he's been doing differently this year and his thoughts on game week six. Josh, a.k.a. FPL Vibrant, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, Jay. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Good. Right. I was looking at the Juicers League and just saw your name at the top, number one, flying high this year, and you're an amazing 896 in the world. Tell me about your season so far. Um, I'm going to put your team up so you can talk us through what you've been doing differently. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I've got a completely ridiculous rank uh, at the end of end of this uh, game week, game week five, game week six kind of interlude. Um, I'm sure it's it's probably an unsustainable rank. You know how it's 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 a game of 38 weeks, not a game of six. So I'm sure this will go up and down. But at the moment, um, I, I kind of attacked this this year with a specific plan in mind, um, and and it seems to have been working so far. You know, I've had rather than kind of crazy up and crazy down, I've just had some very consistent game weeks um, and game week scores. Um, my, my initial plan for this year was to to play conservatively and to to attack the first three game weeks. So I said to myself, I set out like three rules for this year, really. Um, and it was to only ever really consider the next three game weeks in terms of in terms of the big hitters and the points that I'm looking for, um, and to to make sure that I'm playing more conservatively than I would usually. Because I think there's a lot a lot of points to be lost by overthinking the game. And I realised that, that I lost a lot of points in, in previous seasons um, by outthinking myself, basically. You know, not, not picking the, the obvious high-scoring player and instead trying to pick the one that hasn't been scoring points, but you think is going to be scoring points. Who yeah. then obviously, you know, the, the Adama Triaries of this world who are ex-livelies off the charts, but just never seem to actually bring that haul in. Um, so I kind of attacked the, the game weeks one, two and three with Liverpool and and United players mostly. Um, and, and that sort of put me in a great position, uh, just picking sensible captains, you know, the likes of Salah, Ronaldo. I think I did captain Antonio once, which I think was the, the game week that everyone captained Antonio. Um, and that worked as well. Um, so there's, there's a fair amount of luck involved as well, but it's just been by playing conservatively that I sort of found myself in this, this position so far. And is that similar to your? So in nineteen twenty, you finished eight thousand five hundred fifty-one in yeah, the world. Yeah. So is it a similar strategy yeah. to that season? Uh, it is. Yeah. So that that year, I also played rather conservatively. Um, I was I was playing less for the overall rank that year and more for my my personal mini league with all my friends back home. Um, so I played conservatively most of the year. Um, and that's really the year I looked back on when planning what I was going to do this year. And I looked back at what I'd done and I realised that most of the time I'd taken punts. It had not come off and I'd ended up, you know, missing out on the obvious points in captaining the likes of Salah, 
on maybe a, a dodgy away fixture and I decided to try and go with some differential genius pick in a defender or a, some budget midfielder and it obviously not worked and then I would have got the 16 points off Salah or something. I, I was left looking like a bit of a fool. So I decided to kind of stick with the the good from that season and cut out the bad of of taking these wild hits. I kind of realised that the time, I mean, they're a punt for a reason, right? You know, most of the time it's not going to come off. So I'm just looking for sort of the the marginal gains and all the different areas that I could find. And I, I thought that was that was quite an easy one to, to look at. Yeah. And what do you look for in, in terms of uh, your players when you pick them? Do you look at fixtures? Do you look at stats? What do you... What yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a stats player primarily. Um, yeah. I don't get to watch many full games apart from Southampton. I just try and watch all of those. Um, so, but also my theory is I watch all of the match of the day highlights. Um, my, one of my main theories is that if the players aren't in the highlights in match of the day, they're probably not the assets you want anyway. So uh, unless you're looking for, you know, the, the bargain basement bench fodder type players, you should be picking the players that are looking like they're getting the goal, goal involvements or they're, they're playing for a defensively solid team. And so when picking my team, I try and set it out with balance in mind. So for every punt, so if you've got, if you've got my team here, you can see, so there's a couple of punts there um, in the likes of, you know, Jota and Greenwood. Yeah. Should we just go through who, your team just for our... Yeah, sure. Uh, what did we go through? Yeah, so... Come I'll let you go defensively. through. Yeah, yeah, sure. So defensively speaking, obviously Trent would be in there, but he's sitting on the bench with some unspecified illness. But in essence, Trent's essential. I think we all know this stuff yeah. now. Um, and Cancelo, I've had from game week one because I kind of see him as a very similar... Um, high ceiling player for a extremely defensively solid team that's going to yeah. net both clean sheets and not even occasional involvements, quite frequent goal involvements, yeah. you know. Um, so those two for me were, were kind of no-brainers. The rest, when I'm looking at budget players, so the likes of White and Mar- Marcel, or Marcel, how we pronounce it, um, I'm kind of looking at whole defences rather than individual performances. Because you know it's the it's the it's the team that gets the clean sheet, not the player, right? So, yeah. like I could have the likes of Tierney, but I just I kind of looked at looked at the attacking output of Arsenal and decided, you know, what's the point? They're they're a good team defensively when when you know when they've got their head on right. So Ben White was a great pick. You know, he's going to net quite a lot of clean sheets. Christensen, I got in on a wild card. I actually wild carded in game week four. Um, I know some people say, you know. Maybe that was the early wild card is not for them, but I've, every time I've done well, it's been it's been by attacking the first six fixtures using the likes of a very very kind of attacking team from the outset, and then wild carding into the team that can attack sort of that sort of five to fourteen game week right. period, um, and that's that sort of worked every time for me at least. Um, and I know sort of from this position here, I can I can quite easily with a couple of free transfers get to triple Chelsea for game seven onwards, for example. Um, I can bring in potentially even Southampton players if we keep up this this kind of form that we're, we're getting into. Um, but yeah, so Christensen is the only other pick that that might be kind of a bit of a punt pick there because his you know, expected minutes are maybe not quite there. Um, and I did wildcard straight into him being benched, which wasn't great, but um, he's he's playing again. And I think at five, five million away into that, that uh, Chelsea defence is just yeah. too cheap to, you know, because and a lot of people talking about 
maybe going double Chelsea defence. I think if you're going for the double Chelsea defence, unless you're also planning on getting the really benchable Alonso, I think Christensen's a great pick. You know, you can maybe have him alongside the likes of Rudiger or, or maybe even Asby or something like that. Um, yeah. So that was, that was kind of how I picked out my defence. I like having multiple 4.5 options in defence because they're very easily benchable. Um, and especially in this season, you know, bench has proven to be quite important with, you know, random random players going missing like TAA, like, you know, I've got Greenwood and Jota there who've both got the chance of just missing out a game. Yeah. Um, even Cancelo maybe, but it looks like he's completely nailed his spot down, at least for now. Yeah. So I like having those 4.5 spots in defence because I feel like a 4.5 defender versus a 5.0 midfielder, the defender's got a better chance of maybe netting a clean sheet or maybe netting an assist or something like that. Yeah. Looking, looking at, you know, the, the comparable players. Yeah. And you've got a good balance. So you've got Sanchez in goal. You had a backline of Marcel, yeah. Christensen, White, Cancelo. And you had Salah as your captain. Um, you had Greenwood and Jota. Mm. Um, You've kept Benrahma. You know, I saw a lot of people were, were especially during their uh, wild cards, were transferring out Benrahma, <laughs> but you stuck with him. Um, yeah. You've got Saar, and you've got uh, Ronaldo up front. So you've got a really good balance to your team. And mm. you know, I think, you know, what's your plans going forward? You know, Greenwood, Jota, are they on borrowed time? Yeah, it's a great question. So of, these, of the players that you see in front of you, Salah, Greenwood, Benrama, Jota have all been in the team since Benrama. I did. I actually used my first free transfer on um, after his game with one performance. I could just tell. You know, you could see that he was he was on form and he was passing to Antonio. You know, there was going to be points there, so I just got him straight in. It's like you know, don't overthink it. Yeah, looks good. Team's playing well. Just buy him. Don't wait. So I bought him in game week two, but the rest have all been there from the start. But the two transfer targets I'm looking at removing are Greenwood and Jota. You know, Jota hopefully will return something this game week, but even if he does, he's still out with the with the return of Firmino um, and Jota's sort of average performance the last three game weeks. I yeah. think there's better value elsewhere. Um, and Greenwood again, Greenwood since Ronaldo's been on the pitch, Greenwood's numbers have plummeted, and I always kind of lean on stats more than eye test. I know he's a fantastic player to watch; he's great. But his stats just aren't there anymore. So I think for seven point six, I think he is, or seven point five, I think there's you know there's, there's better value elsewhere. Yeah, I think but, especially kind of removing those two can support bringing in the likes of Lukaku. Yeah. Uh, so I've got obviously I've got Antonio sitting on the bench because he because of his red card. So depending on how he does against Leeds, he might be looking looking to be removed as well. But yeah, so you've got Gunn Trent. Antonio and Street on your bench. Mm. Mm. So when you're talking about Lukaku, would he be a replacement for Ronaldo? Or will you be looking to bring him him in alongside? That's what everyone that's what everyone was talking about, isn't it? But I think at the moment Ronaldo is just so um so fixture proof. The idea of taking him out even for someone like Lukaku is a bit insane. Mm. Um and I think I've I've been one other thing I do quite importantly in the way I play at least, is I concentrate on team value quite quite a lot, which I know a lot of people say, don't do this, don't do that. But I find it helps me um, in the latter stages of the game when, I mean, my team value is up at, I think, 102 now, I think. Yeah. Maybe I think it's 102. So and if, if I look in my mini leagues, there's some players who have already got 
a million less to spend on a player yeah. than, than I have, you know, so which is which is the difference between, say, you know, Christensen and Alonso, for example, or, yeah. you know, Cancelo and like Semedo or something, which is like, and that's six game weeks in. So it, it can make a big difference. And I think this team almost is at the point where it can support Lukaku alongside Ronaldo, but I might have to sacrifice Antonio for it. Yeah. So it's one of these things where that's that's a real decision. I don't know whether Antonio is droppable yet. I think with their European fixtures and his inevitable explosion of hamstrings, I'm sure <laughs> at some point he's going to be out of the team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a choice for a lot of people. I think mean, we're, we're all waiting no. for those hamstrings to go and then, then it'll be uh, looking for, but I, for his replacement. I think, I think it's, it's very important as well to know that you are able to drop assets yeah. after they've returned loads of points. Yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. You, can take, you can take a bunch of points out of them. You can let go, even, even if they continue scoring some points, as long as you're making the correct decision on the next asset that's in. You know, yeah. If I drop Antonio and bring in Lukaku and Antonio carries on, Scoring as long as Lukaku is also returning equally, then it's just, it, you know you carry on moving on up. Yeah. So for game week six, are you looking to bring somebody in, or are you going to roll a transfer? What's your no? I'm, I'm I'm currently rolling a transfer. I think Trent okay. will be back by the sounds of it. So I think that the field should be Antonio and Trent both back. In fact, um, so I'm looking at probably playing the exact same team. Um, I think I'm captaining Ronaldo instead of Salah um, okay. just because they're both in form. They're both playing teams that have the ability to concede a bunch of goals, but Ronaldo's got the home fixtures, so that just swings it for me. Um, it's, okay. it's, it's basically a coin toss. I think both decisions are correct. Um, All right. so you, you, think, you're not, you don't have that superstition about not captaining early early game week kickoffs? Uh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I um I very much just look at the stats. I try and steer clear of all the superstitious stuff, of, you know, the, the early fixture and all that. Because I've got, I've got loads of points from captaining early fixtures in the past. So it's not, it's in my experience, it's totally doable. Okay, great. And before I let you go, mm. back in, you're a Southampton fan. I am. Yes, You've had a yeah. couple of decent <laughs> results. Um, so, what's what's your thoughts about your season? You know, I think at the beginning of the season, I'm sure you were worried. You know how they were playing. Yeah, but they seem to be just starting to find a little bit of form. You know, had a great result against City um, and, mm. and West Ham. You know, two informed teams. Hopeful for the season that you're going to be all right. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a lot, um, and myself included, there was a lot of a lot of fans who were very very worried going into the season with particularly with our transfer decisions at some point. But I think we're starting to, or at least Ralph is starting to show that, you know, he knew what he was doing. The team he's got is, has the ability to deliver good results, both at home and away from home, as, as we've seen in the last so three or four weeks. Um, I think the defensive problems are, they are still there. I mean, at the moment we're playing Sheffield away and I think we're one nil down. Um, so there are still there's still problems. I, I don't. I wouldn't go from an FPL perspective. I wouldn't go anywhere near our defence, apart from Livramento, You know, as a great enabler. Um, I think in attack, though, we're, we're actually starting to sort of show some promise. I think there's a couple of assets that could could come come true. I lo- I do love the idea of bringing in Armstrong at some point, um, just because he's so cheap and he seems seems like he's really hit the ground running. Um, okay, I think right. he's the he's still the asset to go for if. You know, if you're if problem is there's no there's no 
great run of fixtures. It's all our bad fixtures are quite evenly spread for, yeah. for sort of the next 10, 15 game weeks. So there's no big block target with Southampton, which is a bit annoying, but. Yeah, but he's looked really sharp, Armstrong. He's been a very good He has, for you. yeah. Really he has. Signing, so. I think it's brought a lot of confidence into that team as well. Yeah. Seeing seeing him come in and kind of act in that. He's he's got a similar air to 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 Ings in, in the way he in the way he plays, you know. Quite sort of quite a cheeky way of playing almost, you know, with the, the little tap ins here and there and sort of stealing a goal yeah. from a goalkeeper themselves, you know, and, and he's I've watched some highlights, he's sort of done chips over goalkeepers when they're not paying attention from the halfway line. You know, he's that kind of a player. I think that's brought a lot of a lot of positivity, and of course the sort of the the signing or re-signing of JWP as well as, yeah. as our captain. That I think that put a lot of stability back into the team when he, you know, when he signed his his yeah. new long-term contract. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize how quick Armstrong is. He's had the top sprint speed this. I season. think he's the yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's the, the fastest, fastest player, player yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And it just yeah. means he can get in he can get in behind players before they've yeah. realized. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, quite important for the way we the way we kind of attack. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thanks, Josh. Look, before I let you go. Yeah. Who's your favourite FPL Juice presenter? Oh, oh, that's a really evil question. I'll go with Nick. We're <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> gonna start this whole recording again. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's you, Jay. Of course, it's you, Jay. I'm only only pulling your leg. Only pulling your leg. But Josh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Josh. That was a great interview. Um, the last bit about Nick, you know what? I'm just going to put it down to you guys having this hair thing. So we'll just kind of you know, forget about that. But great to speak to you. Now, on to stats. And today is going to be Jay's juicy stats. Yes, I know my stats as well. Now, I've looked ahead at the fixtures for game week six. And I've picked a couple of games that I want to highlight. Now, the first one is Brentford v Liverpool. Now, Brentford has the worst XG at home and Liverpool have the best XG away from home. So I think this game could be really good returns for Liverpool assets for clean sheets and attacking returns. Now, talking of Liverpool, I've still got Diego Jota. I think I'm going to give him one more week, but with Firmino now back training... I'm thinking, if I get rid of him, is there any other better Liverpool option? Is the double defence back? Let's hear from our Liverpool juicer, FBL Trophy. Hi there, this is Mo. I'm going to give you a quick round-up all things LFC with regards to FPL. Last result, we beat Crystal Palace 3-0. Lovely clean sheet. Having said that, we didn't have Trent to get them lovely points, <laughs> so that, that wasn't great. Um, 3-0 sounds comfortable, but Palace made it difficult. Um, Salah delivered the points, so I'm sure we're all happy. I'm assuming most of you made Salah captain, right? Yeah. Um, two talking points I can think of right now regarding LFC. Uh, one is Jota. Why is he a talking point? Well, basically, Firmino is back in training. We know he's been out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, but he's back. He's back in uh, light trading. We expect to see him soon. Does Jota get the Brentford game? I think yes. Whether it's 90 minutes, and I'm not just saying because of Firmino, it could be Origi, it could be someone else, but he should start the game and I'm assuming he gets at least 70 minutes. Um, 
Firmino after that is more than likely going to come into contention and hence the rotation and hence we can see fire sell on Jota and Lord will be selling him off. The next talking point, if we're selling Jota, how about what's the alternative Liverpool triple up? Now, I, I wouldn't go Mane, obviously it's too expensive, not Firmino, not Jota. Salah is a must-have. So it's going to be at the defence. We know Trent, I think everyone owns him. Who's the other defender that we can go with? Robbo's the other guy that who can get loads of points. Obviously, very similar to, to Trent with bombing down. Takes some takes corners, takes some set pieces and can get points. But Van Dyke is looking real good. He looks like he's going to be the main guy again. He's, he's, he's regaining fitness week by week. But he's a bit more expensive. If you wanted the cheaper option, Matip looks, looks to be the right one. He didn't play the last game. He got a rest as well, but I'm assuming he's back in this week and he's been outstanding this season. It looks to me that Klopp favours the Matip-Van Dijk partnership. But having said that, I didn't expect Milner, Simicus and, you know, that makeshift back four we played this weekend. If I had to choose the triple up, I think I'd go for Matip and save the money. If you've got the money, then go Van Dijk. More than likely, you'll get a couple of uh, goals or assists in, as he's such a threat in the box. So they're the two Liverpool talking points. On that note, I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you, FPL Trophy. Yeah, Joe Matip. Now, he could be a bargain. He's five million. And he could be an easy move for me if I want to get rid of Semedo. Now, my next stat is the Leeds v West Ham game. Leeds have the worst expected GA, goals expected against, at home. Now, that's great news for Antonio owners, and I think he's a genuine captaincy contender. And plus, Leeds seem to have a lot of injuries. It'll be really interesting to hear what Bielsa has to say in Friday's press conference. Now, on to the game week six fixtures. Now, this is pre the Wednesday Cup fixtures, so hopefully there'll be no major injuries. So, last week, when I looked at the scores, I got three correct results and two correct scores is not great. So let's try and do better this week. So first up is Chelsea v Man City. Now this is a tough one to call. Let's hear what our Man City juicer, FPL Showman, thinks. So Manchester City are going to take on Chelsea this weekend. We're travelling away to Stamford Bridge. Uh, if you are expecting a lot of fantasy points, FPL points from your attackers, I think you might be in for a bit of a disappointment. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. It's going to be another one of those uh, tight and cagey games, as we've seen uh, uh, between Thomas Tuchel and Pep Guardiola last season. Uh, both teams will set up to defend well. They'll be very organized and obviously try to hit each other, hit each other on the counter when they get a chance. But yeah, expecting a tight game... Uh, we have not won against Chelsea uh, again under Thomas Tuchel so far, but I think this is going to be the first time we're going to do that. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win versus Chelsea. I think we've looked good in recent weeks. The Southampton game was obviously a bit of a bump uh, on the road, but expect us to bounce back. Chelsea, on the other hand, they have been picking up points, but uh, the underlying data suggests that they've been lucky to not concede goals uh, in the games that they've kept clean sheets so far. So I expect the variance to catch up with them uh, and I expect them to concede to us. I'm going to go for a 1-0 or 2-0 close win for us, uh, Manchester City, to win against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a tight game. And Man City do have the best XGA away from home. But with Chelsea's form, I actually think they might sneak it. So I'm going to go for a 1-0. Sorry, showman. Now... 
Man United v Aston Villa. I'm really worried about this game as a non-Ronaldo owner. I think he's going to do really well. I think Man United are going to win quite comfortably. Um, I've gone for a 3-1. I'm hoping Greenwood can get something for me just to kind of cover me not having Ronaldo. Everton v Norwich. This is going to be comfortable. I think Everton will win 2-0. Norwich have not even scored away from home. So I think that'll be very straightforward. Leeds v West Ham. I'm going for a 2-1 West Ham win. I think the way Leeds play, it's going to suit West Ham on the counter-attack. I expect Antonio to get some returns. Now, Leicester v Burnley. I'm quite worried about Burnley. I think they're going to be struggling throughout the season. They used to be quite defensively sound, but they're leaking goals. And I think Leicester will win this quite comfortably. I'm going for a 2-0 victory. Watford v Newcastle. Now, this could be anything. Um, a lot of us are probably expecting Watford to win um, after they beat Norwich last week, you know, Watford at home. But, you know, like we saw against Leeds, Newcastle can pull a result out, you know, when you don't expect it. So I'm going to go for a 2-2. I think there's going to be goals. Uh, I think both defences aren't great, but they do have some great attacking players. Brentford v Liverpool. I think this is going to be straightforward 2-0 victory for Liverpool. I think Brentford will make Liverpool work for it, but I think they will find their way through and this will be a comfortable victory. Now, Southampton v Wolves. I think out of all the games, this is the hardest to predict. Wolves have still got great underlying statistics, but they just don't seem to pull it off. And Southampton, when you think they're the team to target, pull out a couple of really good results against West Ham and that away draw against Man City. So it's just difficult to know what to expect of these two teams. So I'm just going to go for a nil-nil and see what happens with that. On to Arsenal v Spurs. I'm going for a 1-1. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I think the team that scores first, it's going to be very difficult for the other team to come back. But I still think you know a 1-1 draw would be Kind of the, the right result. Both attacks aren't great, so it will be a low-scoring game. And then finally, Crystal Palace v Brighton. Now, Brighton are fourth in the form table. They've had a great start to the season, and I think that they will just about sneak this derby 2-1. Right. My Game Week 6 team. So, I'm going to at the moment have Sanchez in goal. Rudiger at the back with Trent and Semedo. Greenwood, Jota. Now, I've brought in Saar for Traore. Now, I know I missed out on his 15-point haul, but again, they've got Newcastle this weekend, so I'm hoping he'll get some returns. I've got Salah as my captain, and then up front, Antonio, Bamford and Lukaku. With the bench, Liveramento, Allen and Williams. The only thing I'm thinking about is, do I play Liveramento or Semedo? I don't know, because I'm just not sure how that game's going to go. So, comment on this video, let me know what you think. Semedo or Liveramento? And I'll go with whoever says the most. That's all from the show this week. Now, don't forget to catch up with the FBL Juice live show and the FBL Juice bar. Really appreciate all your views and likes. Keep them coming. And don't forget to subscribe. And I'll see you next week for Game Week 7.